Welcome to another episode of the Scrumcast. I'm Derek Neighbors. I'm Jade Meskill. And I'm Clayton Langelzigich. And uh, today I wanted to talk a little, little bit about um, programming as a craft. Um, Dan North had uh, made a post uh, the other day and uh, kind of lit a little bit of a storm um, in the Agile, or at least the Twitter world of Agilists. Um, so I just wanted to get your guys' take on what you think about programming as a craft. <laughs> well, that's not a loaded uh, question there. Um, so I really, I read Dan North's article. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know what? What kind of struck you know home for me the most is, you know, he talks about, you know, that really programming is just a tool, and it's not the craft itself. It's not. Nobody is is appreciating the beauty of your code for its own sake, like a like a beautiful piece of furniture or, or a work of art or a sculpture, something like that. You know, the the product has an intrinsic value, and with code, I, you know, I, I agree with him that it's just not the same thing. You know, what what I really feel like we should be uh, looking at is we should be uh, craftsmen of information, right? The the information that that people see the the value delivered through you know the outcome of the code that we create is is really what's beautiful um it it would be like um you know a woodworker idealizing the tools that he's using to make the craft instead of the craft that comes out from using those tools itself so look at my beautiful lathe isn't it so amazing like it can do all these awesome things and has these great features and i put all this time into building this lathe Nobody cares about that, you know, except maybe other woodworkers. But, you know, really the, the value is, is in the product that you're creating, the, the end result of what comes out of all those things. I don't know. What do you think, Clayton? Yeah. <clears throat> I like the idea of software craftsmanship in the sense of, you know, taking what you do seriously and, you know, wanting to you know, improve and, and do things the right way and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I think your lathe analogy is good. You know, I, I think a lot of times – people get so caught up on the beautiful code thing and uh, wanting to, you know, strive towards that. And you, I mean, it's so easy to lose sight of, you know, what is the actual point of what I'm doing? You know, am I, am I being hired or am I working for someone to, to write beautiful code when the, you know, the end user obviously doesn't see it. Um, you know, they're not concerned with that sort of thing. You know, what's the real motivation. So I think it's easy to get mi- those two mixed up. Um, and I think the, you know, the personality type that trends towards, spending a lot of time, you know, perfecting little things and going down rabbit holes and all those things are probably the same kind of personality types that, you know, tend to say, well, I'm going to be, you know, do better at my job if I do these coding dojo, you know, coding kata things or whatever. And I'm going to spend five hours uh, writing the same thing over and over again. And then, you know, they go to work the next day and they totally miss the point of what the business analyst goal is or whatever. You know, it's like, those are two different things. Um, you know, and I, I just don't think that – I agree that they're important, and I don't want to totally throw it out the window, but um, I think you have to be very careful. Tread that – you know, walk that line uh, and not lose sight of either side. So you think there's confusion between professionalism versus amateurism versus craftsmanship? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say expand on that a little bit more, but I think I agree with that on the surface. So, I mean, a lot of the detractors to the statements that Dan made – were that he was really calling programming an art um, in the sense of the word, kind of using uh, craft and art as synonyms to each other. 
And, you know, a number of people kind of said, well, you know, if you consider a carpenter the ability to be a craftsman, um, you know, carpenters can build houses or they can build fine furniture. Um, and a master craftsman that builds a house, you know, is still building something very functional, but the kind of the devils and the details to, you know, the quality that they're kind of put forth in that. Um, and so, you know, maybe the better question, you know, I, th- I think uh, there's a couple couple of things is, you know, is, is programming an art um, or to me, the question really becomes, what is programming? Is programming just writing code or is programming solving solutions? Yeah. So I've never, I've never ever, ever, ever thought of myself as an artist, um, you know, and and I think that speaks to the fact that I, I don't think of uh, programming as an art and I don't think of it as just writing code, but I think it is definitely the solving problem thing, you know, and I think that's <clears throat> that's why it's easy to make the argument of, you know, let's say that you're some, you know, a Ruby on Rails shop, right? And you want to do work for some XYZ company and, you know, they all use Java internally. But if you can solve their problem using your technology, then what difference does it make? That kind of argument. And I think there's a lot to be said for that where, you know, um, it isn't just writing code, but it is all about solving problems. And however you get to that, I think is there's so many different ways to do that. And I think those are all okay. Um, and I, I think it is mostly just about, uh, you know, how am I going to solve your problem? How, what solution am I going to provide for you that gets you to where you want to be? Yeah, and I, th- I think, uh, you know, again, going back to my previous analogy, I think programming itself and the languages that we use, they're just tools for the, the toolbox that we have. You know, where, where I think the art comes in is looking at the finished product. If I build a beautiful web app, you know, that is functional and provides you know, value to, you know, the people that I'm targeting, whatever it may be, I think there's definitely artistry in, you know, the outcomes of the programming that we're doing. But the programming itself, um, while I think very fulfilling and, um, you know, cerebrally stimulating and and all of these really great things, the programming itself, I just don't feel is an art form by itself. So do you think some of this is propagated, you know, most programmers I know, um, think they're made differently, think that they think differently than the rest of the world and that they're somehow um, special. And do you think that that maybe some of that thinking or that elitism leads to, you know, well, you know, if you just say programming is just this tool that, that helps us provide solutions to really difficult problems, that you're demeaning the fact that, um, you know, I'm just a, a tradesman like everybody else who picks up a tool and, and solves problems. Do you think that that kind of adds to the, um, you know, the intrinsic like pushing away of the idea of you know how dare you say that what I do is not this creative solution masterpiece uh, magnum opus of a uh, solution um, in code? Yeah, I'm sure the first guy that found fire thought that he was, you know, pretty unique and and made differently, but you know eventually. You know, everyone learned to understand that technology. And I think I think that's where we find ourselves is we are on the leading edge of understanding something that a lot of the general population just doesn't understand. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we are uh, inherently different from them. It's just that we have a particular skill with this thing. Just like a, a woodworker or a sculptor has a unique gift and skill for you know, seeing what's inside that block of marble and bringing it out, um, you know, does that make them better than the rest of the population? I don't know. You know, there, there's certainly egocentric artists that feel that way, um, just as there's egocentric programmers that feel that way. Uh, 
you know, I just I don't I don't feel like it's uh, that special that there's just something genetically different about us. I, I do think that you know we we are imbued with a certain talent and have a, a particular craft and a way to manipulate uh, this information, but you know eventually that's going to become the status quo that, that a lot of people are going to understand how to do these things. It's it's just going to become part of normal life. Yeah, and I think if you're you know if you're a <clears throat> a programmer now and you think about what makes you different than some guy in India or the Philippines or Costa Rica or wherever, and, you know, the only difference is that you don't have an accent and you're in a good time zone, then, you know, like quit your job and go do whatever you, you know, retrain yourself. Because, I mean, I, I think you're right, Jade. There's there's nothing it, over time that people aren't going to be able to, you know, you're going to be replaced if that's only you can do. And so I think there's a lot of elitism in the idea of, um, you know, I'm a master craftsman because I, in my code, when in reality, I think that, you know, the people that are very successful in the software development industry, um, it's not, I mean, it's not about code. It's about the people stuff, right? It's about communication and the soft skills and those things. Um, you know, that's how I think you become successful. It doesn't necessarily matter how, you know, as much as you want to inflate your ego or think that you're different than other people or you're built differently uh, and that you're a true artist slash craftsman, you know, that's all fine and well, but I don't think that's in the end what it really separates the the good from the bad or the you know the best from the good. Well, and something else I just thought of, you know, you don't see a lot of people walking around saying that I'm a master chiseler, right? Or I'm a master at the drill press. No, those are the tools that they're using to again bring out their craft to to deliver something of value to people. And I, I think we're, that's where we just keep getting hung up too many times is on the tools themselves. We 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 just want to you know nasal gaze or navel gaze at all of these, you know, awesome, fun tools that, that we're getting into. And we just get so obsessed with that, that we forget about the end product. So one of the other big criticisms was, um, that the kind of software craftsmanship manifesto was a little bit on the weak side compared to say the agile manifesto in terms of, um, you know, taking a really strong, hard stance, um, against the status quo and really trying to s separate. So, you know, there's just kind of four, four points on it, and I kind of want to go over each one of those points and kind of get your guys' thoughts about, um, you know, what, what you feel about those. So the first one is um, not only working with, not only working software, but also well-crafted software. What's, what's the benefit in that differentiation between working software and well-crafted software? Um, I don't know. I mean, that that seems like such a vague word. That's like fair or something, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, geez, I don't know. I mean, well-crafted can mean so many different things to so many different people. And then even if, you know, what, I mean, what my standard of well-crafted software means that, um, you know, I don't know, it compiles or something. Uh, I mean, that definitely doesn't take a very strong stance. You know, that's totally open to interpretation. And I mean, even more to that, or, you know, beside that point, it's, you know, maybe working software is well-crafted enough. I mean, I, I don't know. It's so weak. Yeah, to, to me, the, the thing is, it, it sounds more like they're trying to make it art, right? Like that, you know, working software is just working software, but well-crafted software, you really have to understand the dynamics right. of software. I mean, it, it, it's such a... Um, subjective thing you know if, if something's working and the user thinks it's working and it provides the function that it provides um and it's maintainable you know it w w what level is you know what the hell is well crafted right well it's like it's like not just painting but beautiful painting right right okay so the next one not only responding to change 
but also steadily adding value. <laughs> so, um, wow. Well, if you're not adding value to what you're doing, what is the point of doing what you're doing? Yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, responding to change, I guess, does that mean, you know, there's, uh, <clears throat> again, the kind of a vague thing, you know, there is that like responding to changes in the marketplace, you know, I think that would inherently be adding value if you're saying there's, you know, some new competitor and they've got this thing and we need to add these features, you know, but I agree if you're not like, you know, I think that they should be flip-flopped, you know, it's like, you should always be adding value. And then also it'd be nice if you responded to change too, <laughs> you know, right? Like, yeah, I, I think, I think they're playing off of the, um, the uh, concept of uh, responding to change over following a plan from the Agile Manifesto. Right. And so they're kind of saying not only respond to change, but to be able to, to add value. Um, you know, I, I, I think, I guess for me, it, it, like you guys, it's just kind of a given that, that you're adding value. Otherwise, you know, what are you doing? Um, the, the next one is not only individuals and interactions, but a community of professionals. Um, I think this one's better than the other ones. I mean, I, I like the idea of saying that, you know, people should strive towards prof strive towards professionalism. Um, you know, having a community of people that, you know, and I, I guess it's funny because I don't think that if you were to ask, you know, uh, say some guy in a marketing department of some corporation, you know, what do you think of the software development, you know, professional or industry? Are they professionals or are they amateurs? I mean, I don't think anyone would have an opinion. You know, so I feel like that is... Oh, I think they'd have an opinion. Well, okay. I don't think we would like to hear what their opinion is. Okay, yeah, uh, maybe fair enough. Uh, but I think this one, to me, at least speaks more towards, you know, how uh, developers look at each other in terms of, you know, how do they, you know, how do we treat the community and what do we do in the community to strive towards professionalism? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the problem is just the vagaries of what is a community of professionals and, you know, how how do you belong to such community? You know, what are, what are the credentials that include you as a professional in that community? Um, you know, what, what does that actually mean? I, yeah, no. And, and I think it's, well, it's kind of funny because, um, so I think, you know, all the, you know, software industry, whatever, maybe it has, well, not even it has a community though. Cause I think that like, uh, you know, so say Ruby, I think Ruby has a great community. There's as far as like participation and you know new things and all that stuff. But like, does you know does the corporate .NET developer that works a nine to five does he feel like he belongs to a community? Probably not. You know, I mean, I feel like there's so many people. The majority of people in the software industry are not people that belong or feel that they belong to a specific community. Uh, they kind of feel like they do a job, right? I mean, I think they right. feel that they're tradesmen. Right. Yeah, no, that, that's a tough one. Okay, so the next one is not only customer collaboration, but also productive partnerships. <laughs> so, so again, I'll go back to if, if you're not engaging in something that is productive, why? What are you doing? I mean, maybe I'm just insane to assume that like that's how rational people behave, but I I just don't I don't understand why there's a need to explicitly call that out. Yeah, for me, for me, the hard thing is, you know, productive partnership. Well, you know, to me, if you're collaborating, partnership just makes it sound like it's something way more formal than it needs to be, which I think is a mistake. I think that's actually going in the wrong direction. And productive, well, if you're collaborating, I don't know 
I've not seen too many instances where somebody says they're collaborating, but they're not being productive in that collaboration. Um, so to me, it's not so much that I think a productive partnership's a bad thing. I think partnership's a little formal, and I think by saying collaboration that you're really talking about being productive to begin with. Yeah, I feel like, you know, well, can you read it one more time? Not only customer collaboration, but also productive partnerships. Right. So I feel like if you're, you know, collaboration, you're, you know, doing it right, then it seems like you would just get the productive partnership for free. Um, you, I mean, I don't know what you would be doing that would be, and I'm, I'm highly collaborative with my customer, but our partnership is, uh, you know, not productive. Like, I, I don't see how that could happen. Um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like it would happen. All right. And that's it. Oh. So I've got one more thing. So the thing I found the most interesting, and uh, I didn't really think about it until Dan North pointed it out, was uh, so, you know, we're going to have this big craftsman movement, and we're going to talk about all these things, and, you know, it's the best of the best. So, so click here to sign up on this web form to be a software craftsman. And that's it. <laughs> I, and I think that is a segue to another episode in the future, which is, you know, when we talk about Agile, when we talk about Scrum, when we talk about XP, when we talk about certification, I think one of the real problems is figuring out who's really competent. Right. And it's not as easy as being able to sign up for a forum or to take a test um, that you, when you really talk about, you know, if you were to say you wanted to go to a surgeon, uh, you know, how do you tell what a, who a good surgeon is? Right? I mean, right. Because, Especially when you don't know, right? You're but, not in right. that industry. You know, just because they have an MD, just because they're board certified. I mean, there's things that help a little bit. But again, I think it's a, a good discussion for uh, another uh, another episode. So. Sure. That's it. See you next time. Goodbye.